everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Tennis One podcast. I'm your host, Madison Golden, alongside Patrick Huell, and we are going to talk all things Australian Open. If you missed Friday's episode, we talked about Novak Djokovic's father and kind of the controversy surrounding that. And then we also previewed and gave our picks for who was going to take home the AO crown on both the men's and women's side. And today we're going to talk all things AO and reveal who who took home the crown on both sides. And then we're going to play a fun little word association game in regards to the 2023 Australian Open. I was 0-2 on the Australian <laughs> Open picks. Madison was 2-0 for the finals. So that was a, oof, tough to take. It could have it could have gone either way, but you yeah. definitely beat me in our draft. So you know, I beat you in my draft. Lost an eight though, so sounds like we're <laughs> gonna have to. Um, I needed Sitsipas to beat Djokovic, otherwise that was it, and uh, it didn't happen. So I, I had all my eggs on on Sitsipas. I mean, I, I knew it was unlikely. I was it was a it was wishful sure. thinking, but you know, somebody's gotta somebody's gotta rep him just to just to yeah. do it but well he made it to the final that's huge you did well he did he did <laughs> i just ah in his interview you know right after the match on the court he said that novak brings the best out of me and he kind of said similar things in the in the formal press conference afterwards and i was just like does he i don't know i that was that was definitely not the best tennis that sissy pos could play so Certainly. Uh, yeah, I no. think that I think that he doesn't bring the best out of people. I think that he like makes it ugly and forces people to play bad, which other people have said. And I'm I'm in that camp because Sitsipas was shanking a lot of forehands, especially at the beginning. And I don't know, just he, he was in it the second and third set. But I, I wouldn't say it was like his best tennis. So the first set was a little rough, it seemed. Yeah, he might learn something like mentally about how to compete. Um but I, I don't think he's I don't think he played his best tennis. So we'll see. More to more to come from that that matchup. Yeah, definitely. He's a player to still watch very closely this season. I feel like he can oh, yeah. he can do a lot for sure. Um and then and then the women's side could have yeah. gone either way on that side as well. That was definitely a, a coin flip. I mean, from the beginning, yeah. that was it was like if they both played their absolute best tennis, I would have said Sabalenka would win, but that hasn't happened for her specifically a lot in the past, especially in like the big moments. So I thought that Rubakina might take it just because she had been playing really well, you know, beat a lot of really strong players on the way there already has won a major. I just thought that mentally she might be more ready for that moment because Sabalenka has never even played in a major singles final. So that was impressive for her to, uh, pull that out and especially in you know losing the first set and anyway I don't want to step on some of our conversation for later but uh yeah good yeah. for good for arena definitely very exciting she she's a good person it was cool to see her agreed celebrate and and her shoot that she did with the trophy was very cool how about that dress did they yeah. like provide that dress did she like go pick I that don't out I that like, wow. if, if you didn't see it everybody go google her dress or actually it's in our app it's in it's tennis be- well, yeah. it is beautiful it is so pretty and she just looked so angelic and like she was in mm-hmm. some shakespearean like movie or yeah. i don't know it just reminded me of like it was very she just looked, pretty it was very very pic- picturesque <laughs> yeah I and think her Chris hair Clare. oh yeah yeah 
Chris Clary posted a photo. He's the, the New York Times tennis writer for those that don't know him, but he uh, posted a photo of her and she was like in this gondola with, you know, a guy like um, paddling the boat for her in the back. And there's, you know, all these like flowers and trees behind. And it was like Sabalenka meets Monet. And, Seriously. Uh, that, was, that was pretty funny. So she looked, she looked very pretty. Yeah. She was having a good time. I saw someone say that, um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe it's Racket Mag or somebody was like, are we going to get this same shoot for Djokovic? <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> it would have been something. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see it, him in a boat. Being... With that dress. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> His hair braided and in a fancy bun. Oh, man. <laughs> no, we didn't get it. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Well, tennis won app is going to be busy the next couple of weeks patrick do you yeah. want to tell the fans what to expect and what's coming up next for us yeah so before we get into doing our word association game for the australian open just want to let everyone know starting this coming weekend we are the official app of the dallas open which is an atp 250 event it's actually indoors i had just in my head i thought texas who cares what time of year it is it's probably <laughs> warm right I didn't, hadn't even considered it might be an indoor tournament. And then I looked uh, at the website last night. I was like, wow. So it uh, is at Southern Methodist University, SMU, the tournament. And uh, it starts, you know, qualifying will be this weekend. And the main draw will start on Monday. And we are going to be down there starting this Saturday because there is also an event that we're going to live stream in the app. And it is the Women's Tennis Classic. It's an exhibition event that they have before the men's main draw starts. And originally it was Sloan Stevens versus Venus Williams. That was who was slotted to play. And then as many of you know, Venus Williams got it. She uh, picked up an injury at the Adelaide tournament in the, I believe it was the second round. She lost in three sets, but oh man, she, she could have won that match, but it was weird. It was like outdoors and then they moved in and it, it was totally different conditions. And a few of the players actually got hurt when they went indoors. So I don't know exactly what the situation was but but venus i think it was like a hamstring thing or something with her one of her legs so she is out but replaced by madison keys so we get a little rematch of the 2017 us open i believe it was when sloan and madison so yeah nothing you know it's uh it's gonna be a really fun match and we're gonna be live streaming it in the app crowd live and madison and i are actually gonna do a live podcast episode. So right before the match, we're going to be chatting. So anybody that wants to join the conversation and kind of see what's going on down in Dallas, we'll be doing that leading right into the match. And then we'll be chatting during the match as well. And the crowd live experience right here in the test one app. So we are looking forward to that. It'll be really fun. And it's a great way if you have, you know, questions that you want to ask us, or you just want to contribute to the conversation. Crowd Live is a great way to do that. And it's perfect that we're the official app of the Dallas Open and Patrick will be down there. So it, it'll be really fun and exciting. So definitely join us. Yeah. Come say hi. We, uh, we want to know your guys thoughts on, on uh, pro tennis. And obviously we're not the uh, end all be all. So tell us where we're wrong. Come in with some hot takes. We'll love it. So yeah, the drama. Everybody oh, yeah. loves the drama. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay well we will take a short break and then when we come back we will do our word association for the australian open let's do it (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tennis One podcast. We're going to switch gears now and we're going to talk all things Australian Open and we're going to play a little fun word association game. So essentially we have topics laid out and Patrick and I are going to take turns going through and giving a word or a phrase that we think best fits the topic or sentence. So the first topic is the first major of the year was. Patrick, what is your word or phrase that you would associate with that? I had the first major of the year was front loaded. So I thought the first week of the tournament was much more exciting and and fun than the second week. I thought it just had a lot better matches. You know, obviously you had the Andy Murray storyline. You had upsets from Zoo, from Popperin. You know, he beat Fritz. Uh, Mackie McDonald beat um, Nadal. You know, uh, unfortunately, he got it hurt right after that. But, you know, you just had a lot of upsets. Siontech, you know, got, I like we say upset, but I, I don't know that really, you know, she's the world number one. So I guess anybody she loses to is an upset. But like Rubakin is a really good player and won Wimbledon. And, you know, we all know yeah. it's not ranked where she should be. So it's a little less of an upset. It's not like super surprising. But um, yeah, they, they were just like a lot more upsets, a lot more fun matches, like just more competitive overall. Because when you get to the second week, the the quarters, semis, I don't know that any of those matches went beyond there there was maybe let's so Shelton and Tommy Paul. That was a four set match. Yep. But most of the matches were on the women's side two sets or on the men's side three sets. You know, unfortunately, Joe, which just is a buzzsaw. Anybody that comes up against that guy, uh, he just kind of made him look amateurish in uh some instances so which is crazy which is crazy because they're great players yeah yeah, yeah not, not to knock these i mean rublev's top 10 but Literally. like yeah when you go up against Djokovic, it's just he, he's just too good at this tournament especially so yeah i i said front loaded i thought all the drama was sort of in the in the first week of the tournament and all the excitement and you know even curios played in that practice exhibition with with Djokovic right before the event. So that was exciting, especially because he didn't end up playing the tournament uh, because of his, his um, knee that he had surgery on the other day. So yeah, I said front loaded. What, what about yeah. you, Madison? That is a good word. I actually talked a little bit about it throughout your um, facts there. I said dramatic Yeah, because I feel like there was a lot of, you know, whether, whether it was po- people pulling out of the tournament, pre-tournament, like big players like Kyrgios, Tomjanovic pulled out one of the Australian players. So just kind of seeing like the dramatic turn pre-tournament and then just Mm -hmm. the drama continued. We had Andy Murray, you know, doing what Andy Murray does best, that five-hour match, over five-hour match. Just Mm -hmm. a lot of dramatics, I feel like. And then I just feel like you can't really have Djokovic in it without any drama surrounding him. So, of course, there was a little bit of controversy, a little bit of Djokovic drama. So I felt like dramatic summed it up for me. Yeah. Even, I mean, I guess back to front loaded, but going in with dramatic, like even the weather in the first week was like all over the place. It was, it was like, <laughs> yeah. a, it was a heat warning to start. And then it was cold and rainy and they were closing all the roofs and nobody was playing on the outside courts. And, and then the second week was kind of like, oh, okay, now it's just perfect summer weather here in Melbourne. So yeah, it was like even keel yeah. the second week. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. But Totally. Wouldn't dramatic. expect anything I mean, less for Australian Open, though, for sure. 
Yeah, when I went, I do remember hearing a lot. Everybody's like, oh, there's four seasons in one day here, which <laughs> I, I mean, we're talking weather now, but I feel like a lot of places will claim that. Uh, I mean, even Chicago, where I live, they used to say that too, but we'll let Melbourne have it. We'll let them have it. And uh, yeah, so front-loaded and dramatic. I would agree. I would yeah, agree. Those are good words for sure. So the second topic that we have for our Australian Open Word Association game the most surprising thing that happened over the last two weeks was. Yeah. So, I mean, we just talked about it too. I don't know if you could say that upsets are necessarily surprising, but I said specifically WTA upsets just because players like Spiontech and Jabour out really early in this tournament. Mm -hmm. But like you said, playing Rabakina is not no easy task. She's a, a grand slam winner. Like that's not really like, like we talked about, not really categorized as an upset, mm. but I just think it was a little surprising to see kind of how the women's draw played out and just kind of what happened yeah. in those matches. Men's maybe not quite as surprising in certain aspects, but then you have a player like Ben Shelton. So I guess upsets could really be categorized on, on both sides. So yeah. I felt like that was, that was fitting for the most surprising thing that happened over the last two weeks. Yeah. I, uh, I picked a player that definitely caused some upsets. Uh, my word or name in this case is, and we mentioned him, but Andy Murray, <laughs> who played Matteo Berrettini in the first round. And, you know, for a lot of people in tennis that watch Breakpoint, you know, Matteo had his own episode and he made the semis last year. And so you're like, oh, you know, he clearly has some expectations going into this year to do even better. And unfortunately, he ran into Andy Murray, who, you know, this is what is the most surprising thing that happened. Some people would argue that it's not super surprising that Murray was able to beat him. I mean, it's it's a first round match. I think it's not surprising because Murray has had some good first round matches over the last sort of year or so when he's been coming back. But I think over the last 10 tournaments, he hasn't won more than two matches. And in this tournament, he didn't either. He won his first two. But to see him win <laughs> both of them in five sets, like super dramatic. Again, I went to sleep. I wrote him off for sure during Kokonakis. I thought that was over. And yeah. to see him come back. And what was really surprising was just how well he was moving. That was always what he was most famous for. Andy, he would track everything down. I mean, it was always so impressive. And that's honestly one of the things that got him to the number one ranking and why he was able to merge his way into this big four conversation because he he stole a few majors from those other three guys. But yeah, he was always a great mover. And then unfortunately, you know, he had the hip surgery and naturally you're not going to be a great mover after that. But this this was the first tournament where watching him, I was surprised at how well he was moving and it, it significantly better than last year. So I think he just was tired going into that third match I'm because sure. the, yeah, because the crowd was with him and he got it to four. I think if he would have had a little more juice that he could have really put more pressure on Batista go and, and probably won that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I said, Andy, just how, how, uh, how many upsets and just his movement super yeah. surprising for me. That, that was for sure. And like you said, not necessarily that he was able to do it, but maybe how well he was playing and just yeah. kind of, yeah, the type of, you know, the Andy Murray that we didn't know if we would see again. I feel like he was yeah. definitely on full display in this year's Australian Open. So that was definitely fun to watch. Another player 
And our next topic that was fun to watch, Arena Sabalenka winning her first singles major was, what did you put, Patrick, for your word or phrase? I, I have a hyphenated phrase here. I said tiger-like. Ooh, I like that. So for those of you that don't know, Arena has a big tattoo of a tiger on her arm that is basically like her spirit animal. And it really is the perfect spirit animal for her because she is just so fiery, so determined. And I mean, over the last year, you, going into this tournament, you you now see how determined she was because literally a year ago at Adelaide, the warm-up tournament before Australia, it was maybe a, a low point, like the lowest point for her. And she was ranked two in the world at this time. And she was serving underhand because she was like so in her head about it. And, you know, now she says there was a technical issue with it. But to see the number two player in the world serving underhand because she couldn't get a serve in is uh, when it was happening. I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I don't I don't know how somebody that is ranked this high could possibly have this big of an issue with her serve. But there it was. And and it was it was an issue for her for most of the year. She started to have good results again, the back half. And, you know, I think made semis the U S open and um, did really well in the mm -hmm. WTA finals. Um, so yeah. she was, she had some strong momentum going to this tournament, but to see her win it again, kind of said earlier, she, in the biggest moments, sometimes her mental game hasn't always been, you know, where it needs to be to, to get over the finish line. And, she did. And to like come back against Rybakina, who I thought was going to win, just she had more experience and yeah, all that. But to to lose the first set in a major final and after everything that's happened, still like just fight and get back into the match and, and win. That was that was super impressive to me. So, um, yeah, good for good for Arena. And she, like you said, she's a she's a great person and really fun to be around. And uh, yeah, has has had a lot of um, public, uh, issues anyway, with like yeah. a lot of things in public, just like with her serve and mental game, a lot of critique, uh, going on. So yeah, cool to see her get the W, get the title. Very exciting. Yeah. Her you touched, you touched on a lot of the points, um, you know, that, that led me to choose my word and I chose the word redemption. And yeah. I just feel like she totally embodied that this Australian open, like you said, you talked a lot about her serve, her really struggling with that and just everything that she's struggled with on the mental side and maybe not being able to get back into these matches after she's, you know, lost a set or, or doesn't do something right for a couple games. I feel like this was totally different, a totally different arena than we're used to. Mm -hmm. And this was, a, she, she hadn't lost a set the whole, the whole year yeah. and Rabakina pushed her to lose a set and she was able to redeem yeah. herself and Did come back. So, yeah. And I just feel like now that she's kind of, she's turned a new leaf and that was kind of, she's putting everything in the past. And I feel like now she knows what it takes and that she's capable of winning a major and she did. Yeah. So, yeah. It really feel, I mean, not that I've ever won a major, but <laughs> winning that first one has to be the hardest, you know, especially yes. when you've been ranked as high as she has for as long as she has now, she's, she's been a top 10 player for several years and has, I'm not sure that this is a hundred percent true. Maybe Sviantec, um would be different, but I, well, I would say, I think that arena Sabalenka has won the most WTA titles over the last few years of a player that hasn't won a slam. So she wins a lot of, lot of tournaments outside of the slams 
And uh, yeah, to see her kind of get over this hump, it'll be interesting to see how she does the rest of the year. And if she can start rattling a few slams off now that she's kind of got that, you know, gotten yeah. over the hump. Yeah, certainly. And even playing well at, you know, Indian Wells in Miami too. I would love to see her just continue. Yeah. And, you know, she, she could be the one to kind of chase Ega this season, you know, like I know Ega really has a significant amount of points ahead of some of these other players, but mm. you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, Roland Garros, if it could flip depending what, what happens. I mean, Ega will be defending. She, she won it. So she, she right. won't gain any points from Roland Garros. So we'll see what, uh, what some of these other players can do. And yeah, yeah, it would be cool to see that, um, that rivalry because those two are so different, you know, the way they play Sabalenka and oh, Sviantek totally. and yeah. So yeah. Could kind be a fun of like one. opposites fire yeah. nice on the court. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll go to the next one here which is Novak Djokovic's 10th Australian Open title was. Yeah. So I picked a word that I just feel like truly embodies Djokovic as both a player and a person. And I chose the word textbook. I just feel like there was, I mean, it was literally textbook, perfect tennis from Djokovic pretty much throughout the entire Australian Open. Obviously we talked about him suffering, you know, kind of pushing through, an injury didn't look like it. I mean, he really <laughs> like, I don't yeah. really think he ever looked like he was playing injured and he just, I just don't think he's just so hard to beat. And he's just textbook, yeah. like really plays perfect tennis. Most of the time. I just feel like that final really showed that. And like you said, mm -hmm. Stefanos really didn't play. He, even though he said he thought he brought up, it brought out his best tennis. I don't think, I don't think it did either. I think that three straight sets victory for Novak Djokovic getting his 10th AO title. Yeah. Textbook textbook execution from him. Oof. Yeah. I, I said the other day, like Djokovic is the only player that when I watch him and he misses, I kind of think that it was on purpose because <laughs> he's so good. I've never seen, I mean, Oh gosh, I've never seen somebody play tennis at the at the level he does, and yeah, I mean he he had that injury, and so let, let me just get to my word, and and okay. I'll kind of explain. My word was undecided on his tenth okay. Australian Open title because I want to know more about this injury. His coach afterwards said that ninety seven percent of players, if they got this MR, MRI result that Novak got before the Australian Open they would have pulled out 97% of players. That's what he said. Now he's Novak's coach. He's Novak's hype man. You know, obviously <laughs> he's going to say some positive things about Djokovic, but I'm interested to Novak said today, I believe that he is going to reveal more about what his injury is. Uh, so I'll be interested to, to know what it is because we give Rafa so much credit for grinding through these injuries that he's had. And he's always been super upfront with telling you exactly what the issue is, right? Like almost when it's happening, like, like right when he gets the doctor's results, he, he posts them on social media. And so, you know, I think everybody kind of gets behind him, whereas Djokovic is a little more, uh, private with what's going on with his body, which is also understandable because when you're trying to win a grand slam you don't want to give your competition any kind of advantage you know i mean this happens in hockey right where yeah, they just say upper body certainly. and lower body injury yep so jogovich had a lower body injury that as <laughs> as you said most of the time especially the, the back half of his run didn't he, he looked 
like he was in good shape and he said it was feeling better as the tournament went on there were still moments and some matches where he looked uncomfortable but it'll be interesting to see what that is to kind of then view this title run through the perspective of that because if it if it really is an injury that is something that 97 percent of players would pull out with that's very impressive to win that convincingly with that injury um because yeah, otherwise injury aside, I would have just said expected or even like redemption sure. from last year. I mean, going from being yeah. kicked out of the country to winning, <laughs> that is, he said it was, you know, his most important victory of his career because of, you know, coming back from that. And even in the last couple of days with all the stuff with his dad, you know, that's right. a huge, huge distraction to, to have yeah. your dad being talked about in the media that way. Uh, and right not even being able and, to be there. And your, yeah, and your and son's final. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, super impressive. I mean, that level of tennis is nobody's going <laughs> to. I thought Sissipas was playing great, and even he couldn't win a set off him. So, Mm-mm. yeah, but I, I got undecided right now. I'm, I'm very interested to see what, what this injury is. So, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. Like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, Rafa may be more private in his personal life, but when it comes to his injuries and tennis, he seems to be pretty open about that so that that is very a very good point and we saw that obviously last year after you know Roland Garros he was really open about kind of his injury and the trajectory that he was expecting after that so yeah yeah, it would be it would be nice to see Novak you know share what's actually going on Rafa's had a lot more experience with injuries so he maybe has a better idea of the best way to you know talk about them when it comes to the media and things like that I mean he's been hurt so much that Maybe at this point, he's right. just like, I don't care if people know that, you know, because, <laughs> he's seasoned. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But that was, yeah. that was, uh, that was my word for. Joe that was a good one. Yeah. Tenth word. I like it. All right. The last topic for our word association game, what you'll remember most about the 2023 Australian open is. Ben Shelton. There we go. <laughs> Love it. We talked about Ben in some of our previous podcasts. We talk about him a lot. You know, we're from the U.S. We cover college tennis. We're very excited about this guy. But to see, I mean, just first time out of the country and you make the quarters of a slam, I don't care who you're playing. People have said, yeah, you know, I didn't play anybody ranked very high leading up to that. I mean, he still had some huge wins, like it beat Popperin, who's an Aussie, in John Kane Arena, which is like the rowdiest crowd for Aussie players. And he had just beaten Fritz and it was, it was so impressive. Uh, you know, he faced a, he, he fought off a match point in his first match. He very well could have lost first round and now, yeah, to show that kind of like mental strength out there. And if you look like on the Australian open website at the stats, like he had the most aces of any player, he had like a 68 game hold streak. I mean, that was, that was super impressive. And I think, I say memorable because I think in a few years we're going to look back and and be like, wow, like that first run really sh- really showed that he was ready to to do some big things in the sport, and I I do think he will do some big things in the sport. So yeah, that's what I'm going to remember most. Uh, yeah, you know, big American tennis one. fan myself, but uh, so maybe a little biased, but but exciting hey, stuff. Yes, well, uh, I'm on theme with you there. I. I said USA for mine, yeah. um, just, just American tennis in general on both sides. I just thought it was incredibly impressive what 
some of these players were able to do on the women's side, of course, Jess probably maybe not getting the result that she wanted, but she still had a really, really great tournament. She's played really well so far this year mm -hmm. and her and Coco, I really hope that we get to continue to see them play doubles together because I think that they could really be a contender for like a good doubles partnership that is capable of winning a slam. I really think that, and they're both mm -hmm. such good singles players as well. So love to see both of them do well. And then of course on the men's side, you just talked about Ben Shelton, Tommy Paul, I think is going to be a really fun player to watch, obviously playing Djokovic really hard. Didn't, yeah. didn't do a whole lot in that match, but the rest of the tournament, I mean, he played really, really well. And some of the players that were out earlier than anticipated on, on the American side, I, I don't think that they'll be discounted for the rest of the year. Like I think Tiafo is going to have a really strong year. I think there are some players that are just, mm. I, I think Matthew McDonald could have a really good year. He was playing. I, we got to see him play at the all American cup and he like looked really, really good. And I saw him in San Diego as well. So I think he's, he's going to have a good, and he beat Rafa. So that was, that was exciting for him. And I think that American tennis, like we just said, is on the upward climb and, oh, and then of course, Sebi Corda. Sebi. Of course. I, I almost forgot. Yeah. How could I forget about him? Um, If he Wolf. weren't injured, I think that he could have really potentially made the final and, and it could have been a, a closer final than it was. I don't know. It, it would have been interesting to see how it all played out, but hopefully yeah. we wish him a speedy recovery, but I think he's another American to watch out for. And I'm really looking forward to this year for team USA. That's right. So many good results from the Americans and man, it's frustrating when players are like at their peak or at the best they've ever been and then they get injured and you know whether that's like they've just been pushing themselves so hard to get to that point and obviously we, we kind of saw it with Mackie who you know that that Nadal win was super impressive and he talked about how hard he'd been working and all this stuff and so mm -hmm. I think it was an, an abdominal tear which that is an overuse injury unfortunately and um so Yep. And then Corda, I think, saw that he he got the results of uh, they looked at his wrist and it wasn't anything like super worrisome. I, th I think, again, probably just a overuse situation. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what those guys do. Corda, man, I thought I thought he was going to make the final. He's playing so well. He, he, beat, really Med he beat Medvedev, uh, beat her catch in five. Like he just man, he had so much momentum going into that that quarterfinal match and then what do you do when you're injured so yeah but super yeah like you said great tournament for the americans and we'll see what uh it just keeps getting better every year so we'll see what they got going the rest of this season yeah i did see tommy paul's girlfriend say on her tiktok that they were following tommy at the australian open for breakpoint so okay. it sounds like season two is promising. Just letting the people know that. He yeah, <laughs> that's good. Because I, yeah. <laughs> I also saw a similar thing about Sabalenka, which I think she's going to be featured at the part part two of season one that comes out in June. Mm -hmm. But I, I saw some stuff on Twitter that she might have been followed during the Australian Open. So if that's the case, jackpot. Jack so. Yeah, they've got a story there. That's for sure. Yeah. So it'll be yeah, it'll be cool to see what um what comes of Breakpoint, but obviously we would love to see season two and many oh, yeah. more seasons. Drive Definitely. to Survive has like four or five, so yeah. Potential. I don't know what the like I don't know how many seasons they originally planned for or if they're gonna see how the first season did, or hopefully they at least said we're gonna do two and then they should have a good feel for 
how much interest it's getting and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely we'll will be fun. And Australian Open was a success this year. So I can't believe it's already over first major of the year. I know you made it. You survived Aussie time, Patrick. <laughs> Barely. If you guys can't tell, I'm a little sick right at the end there. So yeah, it's a lot of, uh, you know, for the people that work in tennis, it's a lot, but it's, there's four Super Bowls a year for uh, tennis workers, we'll say. And yeah, it's just fun to follow it. And being in the US, I kind of enjoy staying up late and watching the matches. It's just kind of a different thing. That said, I'm excited to see the light. I'm looking out the window. Wow. <laughs> like I was up at 11 a.m. today and that was the first time I'd been awake at that time for probably three or four weeks because I was even up during the warm-up tournaments during Adelaide. And that was like, I mean, it really hurt my eyes. I was like, geez, I don't know. <laughs> you got to yeah. readjust your everything. Yeah. So well, looking forward to that. But uh, yeah. And then we kind of mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but I'll be going down to Dallas on Saturday for, you know, basically 10 days for the Dallas Open ATP 250. And again, Tennis One official app, we're going to have the exhibition match we mentioned, we're going to have a live stream of the draw reveal that we always do at these tournaments. And we'll be having all sorts of coverage on our social channels throughout the whole tournament. And uh, so yeah, you can follow us at tennis one app on, on Twitter and Instagram is where we'll be posting mostly for the Dallas open and uh, yeah, shoot us, you know, within the Dallas open section, there's a chat in our app. So if you want to see anything or have any questions or anything like that, come in there and, and say hi. Same with the crowd lives with the exhibition match and yeah. draw reveal. Make sure to join those and come say hi. And uh, yeah, should be a fun, fun 10 days down in Dallas. Yeah, that's a, that's a really fun tournament. It was success, really successful last year. So we're very excited to be the official partner of that. And we have quite a few tournaments in February. So it's a busy time for the tennis one up, but very exciting. And obviously, we would like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. And any questions and feedback that you have, you can obviously submit those in the comments section of the Tennis One app. But we're also available on Spotify. So if you do listen to it on Spotify, we would love a follow and a rating. And we really enjoy doing this podcast. And we thank you, all of our listeners. And we just, we're looking forward to hopefully seeing some of your faces um, when Patrick's in Dallas. That's right. Thanks so much, guys, for, for listening to Tennis One Podcast. Madison Gold, Patrick Kuehl, signing off.